That old boy had some pipes, didn't he? OPBC Online, a ministry of Old Pass Baptist Church in Northfield, Minnesota. And I am coming to you live here somewhere away from Northfield, Minnesota in my concrete compound here. And I'm making fun of all these people that that uh, go gaga over steak. I, I Look, I have a half a cow in the freezer. I, I eat it, but well, whatever. I like burgers better than steak, to be honest with you. I just do. And also, also, not only do I like burgers better than steak, if I had to choose a steak, a marinated pork steak is absolutely awesome. But then again, I like fat in my meat, though. I don't like super lean meat that's like, I don't like it. And I certainly don't like, and I'm certainly not a coyote. I'm not a wolf. So I don't eat raw meat. Because I'm not a coyote and I'm not a wolf. So if you, if you had me choose between a rack of barbecue ribs on a smoker, I, I'd probably choose that. That's me. Whatever. I don't care what you eat. Doesn't matter to me. I'm just saying that's what I like. When I go to when I go to Kansas City, when I go to Kansas City, I get smoked ribs. That's what I get. And by the way, marinated marinated pork. There's a reason why Mexicans know how to cook. And they know how to cook marinated pork. They call it El Pastor. And it is way better than any beef you'll eat. Way better. It's way better than their steak fajitas. That marinated pork is the best. Anyway, who cares? Doesn't matter. I don't care what you eat. Because I'm not feeding you. But if I go to Kansas City. If I go to Kansas City. I'm getting, I'm getting ribs. I'm just, I am. I'm getting a rack of ribs. And I know the best place to get a rack of ribs in Kansas City, too. And pulled pork. That's right. I smoke pork butts on the smoker. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, hey, if you like steak better, have fun. There ain't, Carl, I don't care if you don't eat pork. I don't care. You don't have to eat pork. It doesn't bother me any. More for me. And barbecue. I'm telling you. Kansas City barbecue. The best. I'd take that over a steak any day. And I have a whole freezer full. And I can make burgers taste way better than a steak. I, I just, I don't get the whole, I don't get the whole pizzazz over, over steak. I just think it's overrated. I think you pay like 15, 20 bucks a pound for a steak. And I honestly think it's overrated, but that's, Hey, whatever. I got it. I eat it, but I think it's overrated. People pay like, they go to a restaurant and they pay like 30 bucks, 40 bucks for a steak. 50 now. Eh. Eh. 
It doesn't do anything for me. I think the fries taste better than the steak, but hey, I've had good steak. Jacob makes good beef. So does Dave. D uh, Jacob can uh, smoke a brisket, and I do like brisket. When in Texas, eat brisket, right? Uh, but uh, but if you're in Kansas City, you better eat some you better eat some ribs. Anyway, so there was a hundred people on here, but I think some people got mad at me because I downed their steak. That's all right though. That's okay. That's okay. But I do like burgers better than steak, definitely. Because, I mean, there's nothing better than a bacon cheeseburger with, with grilled onions right off the grill, right off the griddle. Those onions fried in butter. Melt that cheese on that griddle. Butter those, butter those buns and cook those buns on the griddle. I'm telling you, there's that that cheeseburger blows that steak away, blows it away, hands down, hands down. Anyway, whatever. I I like those smash burgers way better, way better. Pete's Steakhouse is horrible. That's not even steak. It's stinking rat meat. I can't believe anybody thinks that. Pete's Steakhouse is rat meat. That's not real steak. That's right. Right, Fabian? A good burger like that? A bacon cheeseburger right on the grill? I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. Good stuff. Anyway. All right. Yes. Smash burger. That's what I'm talking about, Andrea. That's what I make. That's all I make on my griddle are those. Sometimes I like cooking green pepper in there. Like cooking that in the butter and cooking that right on there. Put some jalapenos in there. Stick that right on that burger. Oh, I'm telling you. Melt that on there. Good stuff. But I do eat steak too. I do eat it. It's just, eh. I save it for special occasions. It's not, it doesn't do much for me. Right, that's not a regular burger. Yeah, I'm not talking about that stuff you get at a regular restaurant. I'm talking about doing it right. Oh, yeah. That's how I cook a burger. And that's why we hardly ever go out to eat. Because I cook every... Because between me and my wife and my daughters, we cook everything here. We cook better than going out to a restaurant. Anyway, and plus I got good beef because Dave got me some good beef. So I got good stuff. All right, anyway. Yeah, we know, Carl. You don't eat any bacon. So I can cook a better burger than any of those people. Me and Jacob, we cook burgers for the church at times. I'll do it sometimes. Jacob will do it other times. Man, I mix mine with sausage, though, or Italian sausage. Yep, Becca, Dave cooks good steak. So does Jacob. Jacob can cook beef, man. He can cook beef. Anyway, all right. Well, enough of talking about food and our food idolatry here. We'll move on.
but I am going out this weekend. I'm taking my wife out this weekend with some couple, a few couples from church. We're going to go out this weekend on Saturday because we haven't been out for man. It's probably been six months, but uh, or so. But we're gonna we're gonna go out this weekend. Oh, you ain't a kidding, Fabian. We don't go out to eat as a family that much at all. When I'm on vacation, I do. Why do you think I have to take up a, a special offering just to go? <laughs> oh, I don't mix all my burgers with pork, Carl. If people don't like pork, I, can, I make them straight. It's not a problem. Anyway, all right. So, 100 people back on here. We are going to talk about artificial intelligence. I hope you had a good weekend. I got to work on the broad... I got to work on um, the Coliseum. This Saturday morning, we're going to be recording the Coliseum. Uh, not all of it. We're going to be recording portions of, of our Coliseum uh, documentary. So, you pray for us, okay? And... Um, We're going to do that, okay? So you pray for Brother Andrew and I, and we're going to set it all up, and we're going to start recording this Saturday morning. So you pray. Everybody stays healthy. Silas is sick. He's got a cold. Uh, Olivia's got a cold. I don't know if another one does it. Gideon's got a cold. So, uh, you pray for all our little ones, okay? And uh, to get better, but we're recording on Saturday. Starting, beginning. Got the first part of it done. Uh, the Kind of the what we're going to go with, and you just pray for us, okay? Uh, let's see. Yep. So anyway, hope you got to watch Sunday's sermon or listen to Sunday's sermon. If you didn't, I hope that, uh, you get to see, you get to watch it. Okay. It'll help you. I talked about the tongue of the Proverbs 31 wife. How do you speak to your husband? Yeah, that one will get you. I'm, I'm, I'll tell you the Ephesian sermons have actually been going up a couple hundred downloads on sermon audio after the first day. That's pretty good. That doesn't happen that often for those kind of sermons. The social credit score one really went up. Uh, so we're getting a lot of, um, a lot of downloads on those sermons. So praise the Lord for that. Now we are going to talk about Brother Andrew sent me this 60 minutes uh documentary here on artificial intelligence and it's the direction of where things are going. And 
I want to talk to you about AI hallucinations. You know, there's something really weird that they're admitting, and you're going to see this, but we're going to kind of look at the trajectory of where things are going by what they're saying. Okay? So... Hang on one second here. Um, what's coming, uh, with AI, what's coming with the, with, with, uh, this artificial intelligence world, and it's downright scary. But I want to show you something. I want you to turn your Bibles to John chapter 8. It's not totally weird. It's why I called AI hallucinations because that's what they're called. The son of the beast. Jesus said, you're of your father, the devil. And the lust of your father, ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar. And the father of it. He is the father of the lie. The great lie is the Antichrist. The great lie is the kingdom of Antichrist. And this beast, it's the son of the beast, it's the beast system. It out and out lies, which is proven in this, that it lies. And the devil is using this and will continue to use this to sway people away from the truth. It's going to pervert the Bible. Already is. It's going to pervert scriptural teaching. It already is. It deceives people on a number of different things. It deceives them. I'm going to show you something that I think is obviously... Uh, People have seen this article about Elvis, right? And uh, Elvis to make a comeback. Elvis Presley to return to stage on an AI hologram. Elvis Presley. What are they doing here? They're going to, they're going to, Elvis is going to return on stage. 
right? Online, they're going to do that, right? Online, they're going to have the ability to do that. There's another one. Uh, let me let me get that. Uh... Let me look for that. I want to show you this. I think it's very dangerous. I want to show you why this is so dangerous. I'll show you another article here. Give me. Show you. Ah, let's see right. Look at what they're admitting here. Don't call Dr. Chat GPT. AI fails pediatric diagnosis tests miserably with 17% accuracy rating. See that? In recent uh, tests, Chat GPT-4, the latest version of OpenAI's popular AI chatbot, showed a significant failure to diagnose medical conditions. So what if, what if they taught they, these, this AI G, uh, Chat GPT, what if they pass this uh, ability to commit suicide and this Chat GPT diagnoses somebody with a disease... And what if these people kill themselves upon this information? I want you to think about this for a second. When Orson Welles brought out his PSYOP of War of the Worlds. And the panic that they try to say never happened, right? They try to say that never really happened, but it did, right? And people... Panicked and people made decisions. The Columbia Broadcasting System and its affiliated stations present Orson Welles and the Mercury Theater on the Air in The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. <laughs>
director of the Mercury... The years of the 20th century. Orson Welles. We know now that in the early years of the 20th century, this world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than man's, and yet as mortal as his own. We know now that as human beings busied themselves about their various concerns, they were scrutinized and studied, perhaps almost as narrowly as a man with a microscope might scrutinize the transient creatures that swarm and multiply in a drop of water. Little affairs, serene in the assurance of their dominion over this small, spinning fragment of solar driftwood of time and space. Things that are to our minds as ours are to the beasts in the jungle, regarded setting in on radios. For the next 24 hours, not much change in temperature. A slight atmospheric disturbance of undetermined origin is reported over Nova Scotia, causing a low pressure in the Hotel Park Plaza and down... Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. From the Meridian Room in the Park Plaza Hotel in New York City, we bring you the music of Raymond Raquello. Respect you to the music of Ramon Raquello. At Grover's Mill, but we hope to be able to return you there at the earliest possible moment. In the meantime, we take you to. Just one moment, please. Ladies and gentlemen, I have just been informed that we have finally established communication with an eyewitness of the tragedy. Professor Pearson has been located at a farmhouse near Grover's Mill, where he has established an emergency observation post. As a scientist, he will give you his explanation of the calamity. The next voice you hear will be that of Professor Pearson, brought to you by direct wire. Professor Pearson. Of the creatures in the rocket cylinder at Grover's Mill, I can give you no authoritative information, either as to their nature, their origin, or their purposes here on Earth. Okay, so just think about this. If you heard this, uh, if you heard this, uh, this radio broadcast, right, and you have never seen anything before, right, and you heard this radio broadcast of aliens coming and of the invade, this alien invasion of this planet... Um, And you heard this, right? You would freak out. Well, that was the beginning of the PSYOP, right? That was the beginning of a PSYOP. That was the beginning of a, that's the essence of a, of, of a, of a PSYOP, right? So now you have stream forward, right, to chat GPT. You know, go past 9-11, go past all these other things. And now you go into this, right? Now you go into this. And here's this AI telling you, yeah, well, you're, you got cancer. People just blow their heads off. They just kill themselves. They just take some pills and die. Right? Or, well, AI has detected that your baby is not going to be healthy when it's born. Okay, just kill it. Your baby, AI has detected your baby's brains don't work. You know, 
your baby has uh, low mental functional capabilities or whatever. Baby's going to have a low quality of life. Right? The East River, thousands of them dropping in like rats. Now the smoke's spreading faster. It's reached Times Square. People are trying to run away from it, but it's no use. They, they're falling like flies. Now the smoke's crossing 6th Avenue. Here I fall asleep. Morning. Morning. There's no food here. This is my country. All this end of town down the river. There's only food for one. See what I mean? So all these things are being played, right? And all these people are like, um, all these people are freaking out, right? Well, think about this. Now you have, now you have video. You have this chat GBT. You have Elvis. What is all this? It's a lie. That's not Elvis on stage. But they're going to resurrect people like Michael Jackson, Tupac, Elvis, and all these other people. What are they doing? Bread and circuses. Distracting you. Using AI to put you into a fake world. So you live in a fake world. We talked about this in, in uh, that AI necromancy and raising from the dead, right? But this 60 Minutes broadcast that we're going to get into, which I'm going to put on 1.5. Right? That you're going to see what they say about this. And he interviews Google, heads of Google and other people like that. Despite what you hear about artificial intelligence, machines still can't think like a human. But in the last few years, they have become capable of learning. And suddenly, our devices have opened their eyes and ears, and cars have taken the wheel. Today, artificial intelligence is not as good as you hope and not as bad as you fear. But humanity is accelerating into a future that few can predict. That's why so many people are desperate to meet Kai-Fu Lee, the oracle of AI. See, so they call this guy the oracle of AI. I... I didn't get a chance to look at more of his connections I wanted to. He's connected to the beast government over in here. He's connected to Google. He's connected to um, all of these people. He has financed billions of dollars worth of industry and everything else. So he's connected to the Jesuits somehow. I just didn't look deep enough. But more on that later. But the point is, is that he wrote this book on the New World Order and how artificial intelligence is going to change the world. And he makes these AI prophecies. They are prophesying with AI about the future. Lee is in there somewhere in a selfie scrum at a Beijing internet conference. His 50 million social media followers want to be seen in the same frame because of his talent for engineering and genius for wealth. I wonder, do you think people around the world have any idea what's coming in artificial intelligence? I think most people have no idea and many people have the wrong idea. But you do believe it's going to change the world? I believe it's going to change the world more than anything in the history of mankind, more than electricity. Lee believes the best place to be an AI capitalist is communist China. His Beijing venture capital firm manufactures billionaires. These are the entrepreneurs that we funded. He's funded 140 AI startups. We have about $10 billion companies here. 10 $1 billion companies yes. that you funded? Yes, including a few $10 billion companies. <laughs> 
In 2017, China attracted half of all AI capital in the world. One of Li's investments is Face++, not affiliated with Facebook. Its visual recognition system smothered me to guess. Do you see that? This is one of the, one of the things of AI. Okay. AI facial recognition over in China is the most horrible thing that you'll ever see. Wherever these people go down the street, they are absolutely monitored. They are, and they've already given themselves over to that monitoring. They've already given themselves over to that statism, that beast system. So have we to a degree. We're being monitored right now, okay? But over in China, when you walk down the street, your facial recognition is automatically being taken, Facial recognition, I do it on my phone, but it's my private phone, right? But they do it everywhere. Facial recognition, recognition, facial scans, everywhere. They go openly everywhere they go. This is the beast. This is how, you wonder how this is going to happen. Well, we're going to go to our favorite chapter when we talk about this. I hope it doesn't bore you when I do that, but I'm telling you, it's the chapter that defines, it, it, exp, it, it explains what's going to happen. Revelation chapter 13. And he deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound by a sword and did live. Why is the image of the beast, why is AI a liar? Because it's the image of the beast. It's the image of the Antichrist. It's the image of the fallen man. That's what it is. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great. This is where it's heading. Rich and poor, free and bond. To receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. Scanning their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Wisdom is understanding. Wisdom is, is the ability by the grace of God to look at the scriptures and see where things are heading. It's wisdom. That's my age. It settled on 61, which was wrong. I wouldn't be 61 for days. On the street, Face++ nailed everything that moved. It's a kind of artificial intelligence that has been made possible by three innovations. Super fast computer chips, all the world's data now available online, and a revolution in programming called deep learning. Computers used to be given rigid instructions. Now they're programmed to learn on their own. In early days of AI, people tried to program the 
AI with how people think. So I would write a program to say, uh, measure the size of the eyes and their distance. Measure the size of the nose, measure the shape of the face, and then if these things match, then this is Larry and that's John. But today, you just take all the pictures of Larry and John and you tell the system, go at it. Uh, you figure out what separates Larry from John. Let's say you want the computer to be able to pick men out of a crowd. They're building the beast. They're building up the beast. See, here's the problem. Not for us, but for them. The problem is, okay, and guess what? It might take another broadcast to get through this because I am definitely long-winded. But here's the problem, okay? The problem is that the beast system, the Antichrist and Satan is not omnipresent. He's not omniscient. So he's not God. But yet he sitteth in the temple. Look at this. Here we go. Let's look at it. I love it. I love it. Because God gives us the answer. Here it is. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. So that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. See, that's what he's doing. That's what they're building. Satan has to have the network. He has to have the network in order to make it work. The network has to be brought together. So the B system can work. Well, when has this happened before? The Jesuits, who still do it, who run this operation. I'll prove that later. I'm going to do another broadcast sometime on the Jesuits and AI, and we're going to get into it. We are going to get into it. But anyway, I'll save that one, because I know. Okay, so... The Jesuits had a confessor system across, across, I said across. Who says across? Not even a word. It's like gooder. I like it, across. Anyway, all right. Across. Across. Okay. Anyway. They had a network of confessors all over the world. For high-level dignitarians. For high-level people all over the world. Now where's the confessor? Right here. Now where's it going to be? AI. Through here. That's where it's going to be. That's where it is. And more is going to come from it, right? That's going to be their confessors. That's their spying. That's what they're doing. That's how Satan is going to know. That's how the beast system is going to know. That's how.
crowd and describe their clothing. Well, you simply show the computer 10 million pictures of men in various kinds of dress. That's what they mean by deep learning. It's not intelligence so much. It's just the brute force of data, having 10 million examples to choose from. So Right, so you throw all that data at them, right? You throw all that data at them, at that, at that, and deep learning takes place. It's learning by all the data. So it's learning to track you. It's learning to track your habits. It's learning, why do you, okay, here's an example. A lot of times in the mornings or for a while, it depends, the seasons are different. So um, my, my phone picks up my pattern and it would say, when I was driving to the meeting house, it would be like, Every morning when I was driving to the meeting house, it'd be like, you're 38 minutes away from 1030 Highway 3 South. And I'd be like, oh, okay. Every morning. It would say how far, why? It was tracking me. And then like if I went somewhere specific on a Friday, it would pull up on my phone and say, you know, High V or the donut shop or whatever is uh, traffic to here is pretty smooth. Right? That's what it would say to me. Well, what's it doing? Deep learning. AI, the AI on the iPhone is learning. It's learning. That's what it's doing. It's learning me. It's learning you by all the data. Space plus plus tag me as male, short hair, black long sleeves, black long pants. It's wrong about my gray suit, and this is exactly how it learns. When engineers discover that error, they'll show the computer a million gray suits, and it won't make that mistake again. Over a thousand classrooms. Mm. Another recognition system we saw, or by the by the way, here's why I believe God is able to hide us right in plain sight. I believe that. You know why I'm not I'm not out in the mountains somewhere hiding hiding somewhere or by land out in Missouri somewhere in the hills somewhere by myself on a compound with like 20 acres. Well, first of all, I think they'd off me in a second. That's what I think would happen. You won't see OPBC start a compound. You want to know why we won't start a compound or a communion or anything like that? Number 1, I don't believe in it. Number 2, I wouldn't do it because man, they'd off me in a second. <laughs> They would off me in a second, man. They'd be like, Pastor Cooley decided to blow the back of his head off. Yeah, he's pretty depressed. And frame me with a bunch of garbage and be like, here you go. That's why. Because I believe God is able to hide us right in the middle of all this. Right in, the, right in plain sight. Absolutely believe that. But that's not the only reason. It's the will of God that I preach, I teach, pastor, start churches till I'm gone. Saw us is learning not just who you are, but how you feel. Now, what are all the dots on the screen, the dots over our eyes and our mouths? Sure. The computer keeps track of all the feature points on the face. Sun Fan Yang developed this for TAL Education Group, which tutors 5 million Chinese students. Well, let's look at what we're seeing here. Now, yeah. according to the computer, I'm confused, <laughs> which is generally the case. But when I laughed, I was happy. Exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. The machine notices concentration or distraction to pick out for the teacher those students who are struggling or gifted. 
It can tell when the child is. Well, think about that. What's it doing? It's spying. It's being a god. That's what a god does. Right? It's trying to read what? What is it trying to read? I'm going to show you what it's trying to read. Remember? Are you ready? Remember? Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Are you ready? I'm going to show you what he's doing. What the beast is doing. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Are you, are you paying attention? What's, what's he doing? AI, the AI gods, the beast, the son of the beast, right? The son of the beast is discerning the thoughts and intents of your heart. Why? Because he's not God. He can't do it. He can't do it. So they're building the beast to do it. They can't do it perfectly, but they're trying to judge it. By the way, I'll say something else to you. As I put me in the wide shot again, I'll say something else to you. Okay, you ready? Here's something else that'll make sense to you. The devil cannot read your mind. He might he has access to it, but he can't read it. I don't believe he can hear your prayers to God either. I don't believe he can. I believe God shields that. I don't believe he can hear him. He might know you're praying. I don't believe he can. I don't believe he knows what you're saying. But what are the what are the devils? What do the devils do? I'm going to show you. Remember, he's got to mimic God. Remember what a a familiar spirit is. Remember that? Leviticus chapter 19, verse number 31. Regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. Now Samuel was dead, and all Israel had lamented him and buried him in Ramah, even in his own city. And Saul had put away those that had familiar spirits. Then said Saul unto the servants, Seek me a woman that hath a familiar spirit. Right? He wanted a familiar for who? 
He wanted a familiar for Samuel. So what did he do? He went to a witch that could conjure him up a familiar for Samuel. Why did that familiar know Samuel and able to mock him? Because he watched him. He followed him around. Because the devil follows us around. I'm going to end up changing this title, I have a feeling. We'll see. I may not even get to the AI hallucinations and all the bigs. I may, I, this may be a part two for Wednesday. I may not get to it. But here's what he, here's what he does. This familiar spirit. Followed Samuel around and knew Samuel. Followed Saul around. Right? Followed them around so he could mimic it. Just like when when people go to a psychic and a seance and say, I want to talk to I want to talk to Aunt Bonnie. Bring me up Aunt Bonnie. So what do they do? They bring up they bring up a familiar. Sometimes it's just garbage and it's nothing near it. Sometimes they get a hold of a devil, a familiar spirit that knows intimate details that nobody else knows. What is that? It's the same thing as this AI. They're training the beast system to track for the Antichrist. They're building the image to the beast. It's being built. And just like devils, check this out. Oh, this is getting gooder. This is getting gooder. Just like the devils, they have lying spirits. And they're not always right. Sometimes those devils lie and they don't know what they're talking about. So they make it up. Just like this AI system, it lies and makes things up that aren't true. Wow. Yeah. Remember, it's an image to the beast. They're building the image. It's being built. And devils, they're not always, they don't always tell the truth. They're not always right. Angels of the Lord, God's heavenly angels, always tell the truth. Right? Angels of God, 
the elect angels of God, they tell the truth. They have a message from God. But like that lying spirit lied to Samuel, that wasn't Samuel, it lied. Just like this. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Right? That's it. Same thing. So it's the image of the beast. They're building the image of the beast, his network. Just like the Jesuits did in days of old. Just like the Masonic order did. More information passed between uh, Roman Catholic churches in the Jesuit order and in the Masonic order, the Illuminati, uh, the the, uh, Jacobins, all of those different groups. What did they do? They passed on information in those secret societies. That's what they're doing here. That's what they're building here. Is excited about math. Yes. Or the other child is excited about poetry. Yes. Could these AI systems pick out geniuses from the countryside? That's possible in the future. It can also create a student profile and know. Oh, can they pick out geniuses? Okay, that's another thing that the occult does. One of the things that these different groups of the occult do, one of the, uh, some of the thing, things that the occult, what they do is in these secret societies, in these secret groups, they find geniuses and they get them to Ivy League schools or they get them to training centers or they get them to special teachers when they're young. What, what is that for? Why are they getting them to specialty? Because they're, they're training them for the occult. They're training them for use, just like these presidents. Most of these presidents have been, all of them have been selected. Not all of them, but especially recently. They're selected. And they're trained. Where are they trained at? Places like Fordham University. They're trained at um, Georgetown University. Right? They're trained at all these different universities in these different places. That's where they're trained. And they raise him up in schools young. Like uh, Barack Obama was trained by a CIA. His mother was a CIA whore. where the student got stuck so the teacher can personalize the areas in which the student needs help. If you do, raise up your hand. We found Kaifu Li's personal passion in the spare Beijing studio. He's projecting top teachers into China's poorest schools. This English teacher is connected to a class 1,000 miles away in a village called Defang. Many students in Defang are called left-behinds because their parents left them with family when they moved to the cities for work. Most left-behinds don't get past ninth grade we're going to learn today. Lee is counting on AI to deliver for them the same opportunity he had when he immigrated to the U.S. from Taiwan as a boy. When I arrived in Tennessee, my principal 
took every lunch to teach me English. And that is the kind of attention that I've not been used to growing up in Asia. And I felt that the American classrooms are smaller, encouraged individual thinking, critical thinking. And I felt uh, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. What about this? And the best thing that ever happened to most of the engineers we met at Lee's firm. I went to Cornell for a master's degree in information science. They too are alumni of America with a dream for China. You have written that Silicon Valley's edge is not all it's cracked up to be. What do you mean by that? Well, Silicon Valley has been the single epicenter of the world technology innovation when it comes to computers, internet, mobile, and AI. But in the recent five years, we are seeing the Chinese AI is getting to be almost as good as Silicon Valley AI. And I think Silicon Valley is not quite aware of it yet. China's advantage is in the... I, I agree with that. Because it was all done on purpose. It isn't because of Chinese ingenuity, though. Because Japanese have better, way better ingenuity than Chinese do any day of the week. Any day of the week. But anyway, it's because China's B system is being built up by the, by the Jesuit order. It's being built up by the Masonic orders. It's being built up by government entities. That's, it's being done on purpose. The purpose for 1.5 is to get through the video faster. That's why I'm doing it. So if I don't, and plus it alters the video uh, in that sense, so then it's not copyright. The amount of data it collects, the more data, the better the AI. Just like the more you know, the smarter you are. China has four times more people than the United States, and they are doing nearly everything online. I just don't see any Chinese without a phone in their head. College student Monica Sun showed us how more than a billion Chinese are using their phones to buy everything, find anything, and connect with everyone. In America, when personal information leaks, we have congressional hearings, not in China. Do you ever worry about the information that's being collected about you? Where you go, what you buy, who you're with? I, I never think about it. She said, I never think about it. I never think about the fact that I'm being tracked everywhere I go. Well, I think about it all the time that I'm being tracked. I just already know it. I'm kind of like, what, I, what I'm kind of like is, um, I'm kind of like the Baptist uh, and the Anabaptists and the Waldensies and the Novationists and the, and, and the Lollards and all these other groups. They, they, they already knew they were being tracked. Like, they knew it. They're like, we're being, they're watching us wherever we go. Right, wherever we go, they already knew they were being watched, and I know, I know we're being watched. Right, it's just that's what they're doing. But there, over in China, it's what it's much worse. Right, over in China, it's much worse because we still have a First Amendment here. Do you think most Chinese worry about their privacy? Um, not that much. Not that much. With a pliant public, the leader of the Communist Party has made a national priority of achieving AI dominance in 10 years. This is where Kai-Fu Lee becomes uncharacteristically shy. Even though he's a former Apple, Microsoft, and Google executive, he knows who's boss in China. President Xi has called technology the sharp weapon of the modern state. <laughs> what does he mean by that? I, I am not an expert in interpreting his thoughts. Don't know. There are those, particularly people in the West, who he's like, I don't want to die. <laughs> he's like, I don't, I don't want him to kill me. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what he means by that. Ask him. Worry about this AI technology as being something that governments will use to control their people and to crush dissent. Hmm. That, as a venture capitalist, we don't, we don't invest in this area, and we're not uh, studying deeply this particular problem. But governments do. Right, we're not, he's, you notice how he's like backing off? He's like, well, we don't really study this problem. We don't, we're venture capitalists. We're, we're out to make money. We don't, 
we don't study this because I don't want to end up like, I don't want to end up uh, dead, right? He doesn't want to end up dead. And, uh, you know, that's, that, that's just the truth. He's like, ah, uh, I'm not going to talk about that. He's very shy about talking about that, right? It's certainly possible for governments to use the technologies just like companies. Lee is much more talkative about another threat posed by AI. He explores the coming destruction of jobs in a new book, AI Superpowers, China, Silicon Right, check this out. AI Superpowers, China, Silicon Valley, and the New World Order. So they're admitting it. They're, they know that AI is a part of the New World Order. It's the structure. It's the beast system. See, COVID was a PSYOP. COVID was a psychological operation. COVID was to transfer digitally. 9-11 started that process, okay? 9-11 started that process. After 9-11, 20 years later, there was the need for another major paradigm shift and psychological operation. Okay? That psychological operation. China was a major part of. The United States government with China, I don't believe... Look, the military over in China, they say they got briefcases delivered to them over there, and those briefcases were what had the virus in it. And we know that Fauci, the little Jesuit coadjutor Fauci, had a budget for China, right? He had a budget for China and for those labs over there to make the viruses they made. So it's so obvious that this was all part of the plan. And AI and the electronic world, the digital world, things had to be transferred to a digital world. And 20 years later, it was time for the paradigm shift. They had to have it. It was time for it. And China was a major part of that. Major part. Silicon Valley and the New World Order. AI will increasingly replace repetitive jobs, not just for blue-collar work, but a lot of white-collar work. What sort of jobs would be lost to AI? basically chauffeurs, truck drivers, uh, anyone who does driving for a living, uh, their jobs will be disrupted more in the 15 to 20 year uh, time frame. And many jobs that seem a little bit complex, uh, chef. See, so they're building up the trucker problem right now. Oh, not enough truckers, we need more truckers. So what are they gonna do about that, AI? They're gonna replace them. Dangerous jobs, deep sea diving, dangerous jobs, different jobs that would pay a man 
a hundred bucks an hour. You know, union electricians, union linemen, machines are going to do it. Machines are going to do all that work. Those dangerous jobs. Oh, who cares if a machine gets electrocuted? Won't just fry it or whatever. No big deal. Not a person. Uh, waiter, uh, a lot of things will become automated. We'll have. Yeah, how'd you like to go in a restaurant and some stupid robot is waiting on you? Well, hang on a second. I'm going to grab a cough drop. Hold on. Think about it this way. So the. What's the advantage of the robot waiting on you? Can't get COVID. The robot's not going to give you COVID. What's the disadvantage? Dehumanization. The disadvantage is dehumanizing everybody. Your personal contact with people. You won't have contact with people. Right? Look. I'm only 10 minutes into this, <laughs> this video. And I'm fast forwarding it. <laughs> we ain't finishing this. Automated stores, uh, automated restaurants, and uh, all together in 15 years, that's going to uh, displace uh, about 40% of jobs in the world. 40% of jobs in the world will be displaced by technology? Uh, I would say displaceable. What does that do to the... 40% of the jobs, displaceable. Meaning that, meaning that there's, there's nothing, no, there'll be no jobs for people that are handicapped, disabled. No jobs for people that are handicapped, disabled. Right? People that are lower functional, that can't get really good jobs. Right? He's saying, it's his AI prediction, his prophecy. But to be honest with you, I like going into a, a restaurant if I go in one and seeing human beings and talking to people. I don't want to have some stupid robot serve me. Greetings, Brother Ross. Thou art late. I shall smite thee for that. Okay, anyway, move on. The fabric of society. Well, in some sense, 
there's the human wisdom that always overcomes these technology revolutions. The invention of the steam engine, uh, the sewing machine, the uh, electricity uh, have all displaced jobs, uh, and we've gotten over it. The challenge of AI is this 40%, whether it's 15 or 25 years, is coming faster than the previous revolutions. There's a lot of hype about artificial intelligence, and it's important to understand this is not general intelligence like that of a human. The system can read faces and grade papers, but it has no idea why these children are in this room or what the goal of education is. A typical AI system can do one thing well, but can't adapt what it knows to any other task. So for now, it may be that calling this intelligence isn't very smart. When will we know that a machine can actually think like a human? Back when I was a grad student, people said, if machine can drive a car uh, by itself, that's an intelligence. Now we say that's not enough. So the bar keeps moving higher. <laughs> I think that's, uh, I guess, more motivation for us to work harder. But if you're talking about AGI, artificial general intelligence, I would say not within the next 30 years and possibly never. Possibly never. What's so insurmountable? Because I believe in the sanctity of our- This is interesting. You'll see, you'll see what he says here. And it is rather interesting what he says, right? But here's why he believes that it cannot be sentient, right? Possibly never. What's so insurmountable? Because I believe in the sanctity of our soul. I believe there's a lot of things about us that we don't understand. I believe there's a lot of um, uh, love and compassion that is not explainable in terms of neural networks and computational algorithms. And I currently see no way of solving them. Obviously, unsolved problems have been solved in the past, but it would be irresponsible for me to predict that these will be solved by a certain time frame. We may just be more than our bits. We may he said we may just be more than our bits. Now check this out. They're right when they say they can't solve this. They're right because they can't. But Satan is going to. Satan is going to solve it. Okay? And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many would not worship the image of the beast should be killed okay in other words basically here's what you have they can't give life to the image Satan will be able to give life to the image of the beast. I think it's interesting that I've talked about this before, but you remember that movie Short Circuit, right? You remember that that movie Short Circuit? And no, I don't watch any of these movies. I watched them before I was saved, and I, I, I remember them. But they were programming us. They were predicting things. They were uh, putting things into our mind, like they did with that Superman that I showed you, right? Um, 
Okay. But what happened? Right, Johnny Five. What happened was this robot got struck by lightning. Right? See? Look. Number five. Number five. Right? Got struck by lightning. Luke 10, 18, and he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Remember? And he said, I beheld Satan as light. And he said, number five is alive. Look at this. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. Number one, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Number two, I will sit upon the mount of the congregation of the sides of the north. Right? So number one, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high God. Five. Number five is Alive. Right? There you go. Don't tell me they're not a cultic. Don't tell me they don't know what they're doing. Right? Why is it number five? Why did it why is it lightning that falls from heaven? That makes the image of the beast. Alive. See it? Ah. That's kind of weird, ain't it? How in the world did that happen? On purpose. That's the imagery. Did the guy who made it do it on purpose? No, the devil did. Right? Number five is alive, right? Number five says, number five is alive. What is he? He's the image of the beast. He says that he's alive. What do they say? We cannot surmount that, right? It's insurmountable that we could give this beast life. Right? We may look on our time as the moment civilization was transformed, as it was by fire, agriculture, and electricity. In 2023, we learned that a machine taught itself how to speak to humans like a peer, which is to say with creativity, truth, error, and lies. The technology, known as a chatbot, 
is only one of the recent breakthroughs in artificial intelligence, machines that can teach themselves superhuman skills. We explored what's coming next at Google, a leader in this new world. CEO Sundar Pichai told us AI will be as good or as evil as human nature allows. The revolution, he says, is coming faster than you know. As, as, what, let's, let's go back and listen to what he just said. Google, a leader in this new world. CEO Sundar Pichai told us AI will be as good or as evil as human nature allows. As human nature allows. Well, let's look at that. What is, let's, let's look at the... Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's... That's what human nature allows. It's the depravity of man. But I would disagree with him. I would say what God allows. Right? But they think they're building God. But we know our God exists. Our God is eternal. Our God is in the heavens. We know that. And he is going to allow that Antichrist kingdom. He is going to allow that. God allows that. The revolution, he says, is coming faster than you know. Do you think society is prepared for what's coming? You know, there are two ways I think about it. On one hand, uh, I feel no, uh, because, you know, the pace at which we can think and adapt as societal institutions compared to the pace at which the technology is evolving, there seems to be a mismatch. On the other hand, compared to any other technology, I've seen more people worried about it earlier in its life cycle. So I feel optimistic the number of people you know, who have started worrying about the implications, and hence the conversations are starting in a serious way as well. Our conversations with 50-year-old Sundar Pichai started at Google's new campus in Mountain View, California. It runs on 40% solar power and collects more water than it uses. High tech that Pichai couldn't have imagined growing up in India with no telephone at home. We were on a waiting list to get a rotary phone and for about five years, and it finally came home. I can still recall it vividly. It changed our lives. To me, it was the first moment I understood the power of what Getting access to technology meant, so probably led me to be doing what I'm doing today. What he's doing since 2019 is leading both Google and its parent company, Alphabet, valued at $1.3 trillion. Worldwide, Google runs 90% of internet searches and 70% of smartphones. We're really excited about But its dominance was attacked this past February when Microsoft linked its search engine to a chatbot. In a race for AI dominance, Google just released its chatbot named Bard. It's really here to help you brainstorm ideas to generate content like a speech or a blog post or an email. We were introduced to Bard by Google Vice President Sissy Shao and Senior Vice President James Manyika. Here's Bard. And the first thing we learned was that Bard does not look for answers on the internet like Google Search does. So I wanted to get inspiration from some of the best speeches in the world. Bard's replies come from a self-contained program that was mostly self-taught. Our experience was unsettling. Confounding. Absolutely confounding. Bard appeared to possess the sum of human knowledge, ah. with microchips more than 100,000 times faster than the human brain. Summarize the... We asked Bard to summarize the New Testament. It did in five seconds. The New Testament, it says, it summarized the New Testament. The New Testament is the story of God's love for humanity, which was revealed through Jesus Christ. That's what they sum the New Testament up as. Is the story of God's love, humanity, revealed through Jesus Christ. See, they're going to be very close to the truth. But they're going to deviate from it. Why? 
Because they're liars. They're liars. Because it's the son of the beast. That's why. Seconds and 17 words in Latin. We asked for it in Latin. That took another four seconds. Then we played with a famous six word short story often attributed to Hemingway. For sale, baby shoes never worn. Wow. The only prompt we gave was finish this story. In five seconds, holy cow. The shoes were a gift from my wife, but we never had a baby. They were from the six word prompt. Bard created. So Bard creates this Microsoft, or excuse me, Google Bard. What it does, it makes up an entire story that is not true. That's, folks, that's where this is headed. It, it's deceiving and being deceived. That's where this is all headed. That's, that's the goal of the AI. That is what it's going to do. It's going to deceive the, the masses. It's designed to lie it's designed to control. It's designed to be taken over by the Antichrist. By the Antichrist. A deeply human tale with characters it invented, including a man whose wife could not conceive and a stranger grieving after a miscarriage and longing for closure. Uh, I am rarely speechless. I don't know what to make of this. Give... Me. We asked for the story in verse. In five seconds, there was a poem written by a machine with breathtaking insight into the mystery of faith. Bard wrote, she knew her baby's soul would always be alive. The humanity at superhuman speed was a shock. How is this possible? James Menyika told us that over several months, Bard read most everything on the internet and created a model of what language looks like. Rather than See, you have to understand, they send out their little PSYOP of 60 minutes, okay? Their little, their little controlled opposition of 60 minutes to do this soft piece. To introduce these things to the world. To introduce this chat GPT, to introduce this interactive AI, to introduce this to the world. And to make the common man just desire it and not fear it. That's where 60 minutes comes into play. To normalize it. So act surprised about some things. Act concerned about some things. But really, it's to unveil it so everybody wants it. So they don't have any fear in it. And so they just trust it. That's what it's designed for. That's, that's the whole game plan. In search, its answers come from this language model. So, for example, if I said to you... And for you to be dependent on it. Right? So like you to be dependent on Google, you to be dependent on your iPhone, us to be dependent on communicating through online uh, chat, uh, chat boards and online social media, for us to be dependent upon social media, 
for us to be dependent upon. And it's changing our think, our, the way our minds think. It's changing the way our minds operate. It's changing the way that uh, the, accept, the acceptance of our minds, right? The patterns of our minds, our thought process. It's altering them. It's changing them. That's why it's important for you to shut the internet off at times, get into your Bible and read a bunch of chapters, and get into some books and read. And just read and read and read. Why? Because reading continuously and not just like reading little clips of things, but reading whole books and reading whole chapters and reading whole things like that help your mind. If all you're doing is is watching videos and watching TikTok and watching short clips of things and watching all those other things, if that's all you're doing with your mind, you're going to hurt your mind. People need to read. They need to read to keep their minds sharp. And they need to le- read consecutive, you know, consecutive. They need to finish books, finish chapters, finish things, read them through. It's important. That we read. Make your children read. Make your spouses read and finish things and read through things and finish things. Because that too shapes your mind and trains your mind to finish. Not not the flicker rate, 10-second clip lifestyle. But to read. You, Scott. Peanut butter and? Jelly. Right, so it tries and learns to predict. Okay, so peanut butter usually is followed by jelly. It tries to predict the most probable next words based on everything it's learned. Uh, So it's not going out to find stuff. It's just predicting the next word. But it doesn't feel like that. We asked Bard why it helps people, and it replied, quote, because it makes me happy. Bard, to my eye, appears to be thinking, appears to be making judgments. That's not what's happening. These machines are not sentient. They are not aware of themselves. They're not sentient. They're not aware of themselves. Uh, They can exhibit behaviors that look like that. Because keep in mind, they've learned from us. We are sentient beings. We have beings that have feelings, emotions, ideas, thoughts, perspectives. We've reflected all that in books, in novels, in fiction. So when they learn from that, they build patterns from that. So it's no surprise to me that the exhibited behavior sometimes looks like maybe there's somebody behind it. There's nobody there. These are not sentient beings. Zimbabwe-born, Oxford-educated James Manyika holds a new position at Google. His job is to think about how AI and humanity will best coexist. AI has the potential to change many ways in which we've thought about society, about what we're able to do, the, the problems we can solve. But AI itself will pose its own problems. Could Hemingway write a better short story? Maybe. But Bard can write a million before Hemingway could finish one. Imagine that level of automation across the economy. 
a lot of people can be replaced by this technology. Yes, there are some job occupations that will start to decline over time. There are also new job categories that will grow over time. But the biggest change will be the jobs that will be changed. Something like more than two-thirds will have their definitions change. Not go away, but change. Because they're now being assisted by AI and by automation. So this is a profound change, which has implications for skills. Well, here's what it has implications for, okay? Here's what they have implications it has implications for. It'll you'll stop thinking. You'll stop using your brain. Well, Brother Ross said, uh, I'm guilty of not finishing. I'll dip in and out. Another book will catch my attention. I have a pile that I need to go back and finish. Well, Brother Ross, sometimes some books are not meant to be read straight through. For instance, um, right here, this is Lange's commentary. J.P. Lange, his commentary on the Holy Scriptures. This is Galatians through Ephesians. Well, I'm not going to read this book all the way through. This book, I'm going to use to study the book of Ephesians right now. I'm not studying Hebrews right now. I'm not studying, you know, uh, the book of James right now. So I'm not going to I'm not going to read that part of it, right? So I have like ten books. That I'm going to bring out, right? And I'm not going to, I'm not going to read them all the way through. I'm going to read them only the things that I need from them, right? So some of those study books are like that, but, you know, it just depends on what you're reading. You know, uh, and what type of reading you're doing. So there's research reading. You know, there's reading straight through. There's, you know, there's different types of things. So there's a difference. I have a bunch of books on Proverbs over here. I'm only looking for certain sections of Proverbs as I'm I'm, uh, um, studying that. But... You know, if I want to read a book all the way through or something like that, a history book, you know, I might be reading four or five of those at a time. So it's kind of how that works. But like really some of the, when I was going through depression, some of the books that I read straight through were really good ones on depression. And those I would read you know, through. I think one of them was Thomas Watson, I think. Man, his, his, he had this, I think it was like 40 pages on the dejected soul or the, gen, uh, yeah, the, the soul in desertion or something. Man, was that good. I got to go back. I got them all underlined. However, Hold on, Ross. Hold on. Hold the phone, Ross. Hold the phone.
Put me in the wide shot. Okay, I will. This one. You want to talk about a hard one to read through because it's in um, pre-standardized English. I don't want to say old English because it's not old English. Old English, none of us could read. This is pre-standardization of, of the English language here, a pre-King James. And this is an awesome set right here. This is called An Exposition with Practical Observation upon Chapters 1 through 3 of the Book of Job, delivered in 21 Lectures by Joseph Carroll. Cool, huh? 12 volumes on the Book of Job. The guy preached to his church the entire time on the Book of Job. Entire, his entire ministry for like 30 years. See all the, you can see all the writing, and I finished this volume. It was pretty good. It was very good. I think I started volume two. But anyway, good stuff in there. Very good stuff. That was a cool one. The book of Job was really, that was a blessing for sure. Uh, I use that one. Anyway, that was, a, that was a good one. And I underline a lot of stuff, so I, I have a lot of... I use a lot of materials at a time. I don't know how I got off on this. See, my scatterbrain. Oh, it's Ross's fault. That's right. But um, anyway, so... Man, if I showed you all these books here... <laughs> You know I haven't read all of them. I've used a lot of them, but I haven't read all of them. I got all kinds of stuff here. But uh, this whole room is full, and I don't even have them put away yet. I got to get them up to the ceiling. And I should have them. Huh. Anyway, whatever. Um, but, yeah, he, he did that. He did that uh, 40 years. Right? 40 years he preached out of the same book of the Bible. Nah, you're all right, Ross. I was just I was just uh chuckling. Hey, I look, the best part about this is it's my bro- broadcast and I have plenty of time. So if I don't finish this today, I don't have to. I'm not on anybody else's time clock but the Lord's. So if I don't finish it, Right? It doesn't matter. I have the Metropolitan Tabernacle over there. There's a place for the Metropolitan Tabernacle over there. Right? Barnes Notes, Baptist History, more Baptist History, more Baptist History, more Baptist History. John Knox's History of Scotland! Scotland! The works of John Knox, Scotland. The history of the Reformation in Scotland. Right, right, righto. And let's see. 
John Owens on Hebrews, eight volume set. One, two, three, four, five. Yep, eight. Okay. All right. Everywhere. Fun stuff. I even have that old blood denying Johnny Mac over here. Anyway, I better stop. I better, I mean, I better keep going with my broadcasts. Sorry, sorry, everyone. Sorry. I would like to do that sometime. But see, here's the problem. If I started doing that, I would have to do it like once a month and be like, shall we take a trip through Pastor Cooley's library? It'd be like an epic adventure. Right? It'd be like an epic adventure through the library. There's different parts. I, I have to separate. I had to separate the Calvinist from the Armenians because they fight like cats and dogs. I, I could put in the Calvinists. I could put in the Armenians and I could put in the independents in the middle so they don't fight each other. Right? Over there's the works of over there's the works of Pink. A very rare set, by the way. I have all of the individual volumes of AW Pink. Then also Pink's works. Smashing! Oh, and DeWitt Talmadge? DeWitt, DeWitt Talmadge? He was in the Brooklyn Tabernacle. Tons of Baptist history. I could go all days on Baptist history. The Speaker's Bible commentary. Strong's and McClintock. A Puritan section. A Baptist section. McLaren's Expositions of the Holy Scriptures. Check this out. Hold on. This set is so cool. Look at this. These are all McLaren's expositions. Very nice. This is just one volume. There's like 20. And of course, a good doctor. Martin Lloyd-Jones, John Gill, John Wesley. Anyway. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Back. Yes, I do have. Yes, I do have the entire series. I also, I not only have McLaren's exposition through the scriptures. I actually have McLaren's sermons. Separate set of sermons. Ten volumes. Very rare. Very hard to find. Okay. 
both. Very rare. Sermons from Manchester. Yeah. So, anyway. Oh, right. What was I doing? Back to the main topic. Oh, yeah. And, and, some first print Charles Spurgeon sermon books. Sermons. First print while he was still alive. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. Anyway, now that I bored you all to death, we'll we'll finish up with this half. We'll cover the next half on the next episode. Smashing! How do we assist people build new skills, learn to work alongside machines, and how do these complement what people do today? This is going to impact every product across every company, and, and so that's why I think it's a, a very, very profound technology, and so we are just in early days. Every product in every company. That's right. AI will impact everything. So for example, you could be a radiologist. You know, if, I, if, if you think about five to 10 years from now, you're gonna have an AI collaborator with you. It may triage, you come in the morning, you, let's say you have 100 things to go through, it may say these are the most serious cases you need to look at first. Or when you're looking at something, it may pop up and say, you may have missed something important. Why wouldn't we, you know, why wouldn't we take advantage of a superpowered assistant to help you across everything you do? You may be a student trying to learn math or history. But do you see how you have to put faith in this AI? Right? You have to put faith in the AI. Like you're trusting that this computer program is right. And it's life or death if it's wrong in the medical industry. What did I just show you? 17% accuracy rating. It's wrong. 83% of the time. Eighty-three percent of the time. That's a long, long, terrible, bad record of failure. And, you know, you will have something helping you. We asked Pachai what jobs would be disrupted. He said knowledge workers, people like writers, accountants, architects, and ironically, software engineers. AI writes computer code, too. Today, Sundar Pichai walks a narrow line. A few employees have quit, some believing that Google's AI rollout is too slow, others too fast. There are some serious flaws. There's a return of inflation. James Manika asked Bard about inflation. It wrote an instant essay in economics and recommended five books. But days later, we checked. None of the books is real. 
Bard fabricated the titles. This very human trait, error with confidence, is called in the industry hallucination. Wow. So what I might do is stop there with that, right, and really cover that. I'm going to probably retitle this, right? Um, I think I'm going to call it AI. Let's see. I think I'm going to call it AI attributes of a god. This first one. And then I'm going to finish the second half of this because there's 40, there's 35 minutes left in this and we'll really hit the hallucination side of that. Right? We'll hit the hallucination side of that. But what I'm going to do is probably retitle this. And then we'll hit the hallucinations the next one. Okay. AI attributes of a god. That's what we'll do for now. Son of the beast six six six, and then I'll I'll finish it, or I'll finish it next time, and I'll call it the the attributes hallucinations, and uh, we'll change that uh, that title there because really. It'll make more sense then and people will be able to. There we go. That'll make more sense, won't it? It'll make a lot more sense. Then we'll pick it up again on Wednesday and I'll be able to finish this out because we'll really get into the hallucinations and the lies. Right? And and be able to deal with it a little bit better in that way and have a little bit more time. So I don't, because I want to take my time with it. Because I didn't get that far and I don't care about little rabbit trails. That's that's not a problem. I enjoy those. Uh, they're, they're not bad. Right? But I, I want to make sure that we, um, you know, are able to Get to everything, right? To cover everything a little bit better. I think that's I think that's a smashing idea. Right? Alright, well let's why don't we play a song and give you a chance to say hello? Hello, hello. Who is so great a God as our God? Thou art the God that dost wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people. Who is like unto the Lord most high, who filled the seas and formed 
Man, that's a good song, isn't it? God of wonders. Good stuff. So you pray for us as we continue 
uh, on in serving the Lord. All these uh, things going on right now. Uh, if you missed the OPBC 2023 Year in Review, uh, you can watch it uh, there on sermonaudio.com slash Pastor Cooley, or you can watch it um, on Rumble. It's on there, too, as well. And uh, looking forward to to that. And we'll pick uh, up our broadcast here on AI. Uh, and I, I'm going to do some research here tomorrow for some other things concerning this topic, and that's why I'll expand it Uh We'll talk about that on Wednesday, of course, but I've got some other research I want to do. So anyway, you pray for us. Pray for our ministry. Uh, pray for the Lord to bless us. We have uh, all kinds of needs, bills to pay, uh, things that are due here the first of the month here, uh, which is past the first of the month, but, but uh, things that uh, have to be paid and taken care of. So you pray uh, for us. Pray for our ministry. Pray for the Lord to provide. I appreciate your prayers. Uh, Pray the Lord would touch somebody's heart to give to our ministry for our needs, different things that we have going on. We'd appreciate that. If you'd like to give to our ministry, PayPal, Venmo, Apple Pay, you can see that at oldpathsbaptistchurch.org, oldpathsbaptistchurch.org, and, uh, or you can go to sermonaudio.com slash Pastor Cooley. Go down to the bottom of the screen and mail us something. Here's our address, 1030 South Highway 3, Northfield, Minnesota, 55057. Uh, all the paperwork is done for the Canada trip. It's all sent off, so we're waiting. We'll wait uh, the next uh, couple months here uh, to see when it all comes in and uh, get prepared for our trip in May. I appreciate your prayers. Thank you so much. Man, we've had average of 80 to 100 people on this broadcast today. Our numbers are going up. Praise the Lord. I'm excited about that, that uh, people are uh, you know, tuning in on Rumble. So it's better than YouTube. More numbers than YouTube, more on the broadcast than YouTube. So praise the Lord for that. I'm really excited about that. And by the way, by the time I get to vacation time in May, I mean, a week of it won't be vacation. It'll be ministry, but it'll be a change of scene in Canada. Uh, So, yeah. But after that week, I'll have a week and a half or so on the road with my family. Looking forward to that. So you pray for us. And then we come back to a full and busy schedule in June all the way till through the summer months of a lot of preaching on the streets. Pray for us. Pray for all those things. We appreciate it. Wow, you're getting 16 inches of snow. So just keep praying for uh, all that stuff and as we go. And we're looking forward to... All that, uh, Christine Seda and uh, Betty, good to see you on here, and Carl, and uh, Andrea, and uh, my wife is on here, Fabian, Fabio, Ross, he just went to bed, man, that guy, he's getting old, he's got to get his beauty sleep, man, he's got to get his beauty sleep, so he's probably going to bed. I wonder if we're having any snow like that. Are we getting any snow like that, Becca? Is that coming? Are we getting a lot of snow? Is it on the way? Boy. See what happens, I guess. All right, everybody. God bless you. And uh, you take care. And uh, we'll talk to you all real soon here. And I look forward to Wednesday's broadcast. Oh, two inches, that's it. They're getting 16.
They're out Minnesotan us there. Okay. All right. So here we go. Have a good night, everybody, and we'll be back on Wednesday, Lord willing. <laughs>